Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Second time round, I didn't press the record button first time round, so here we go. I'm here with Matt Postlethwaite and Curtis Langdon. How are you, gents? Good. Good, thank you. Right. Uh, okay, completely on me because I didn't press the record button, so I'll start off with the first question. Uh, instead of you introducing yourself to me, why don't you tell me what you know about each other? I'll start with you, Matt. Right, Curtis Langdon Facts. Born and raised Western Supermare. Uh, he was at Bath when he was 15 for a bit. Went to London Irish for three years. Went to Newcastle for a summer, came here, what is it, four years now? Yeah. Yeah, four years. Missy's got a job in S&C. Didn't know that. Burnley. Oh, it's a surprise. It's the first time <laughs> I've ever heard that. Uh, dad was in the Marines. Yeah. Um, just got a place with his missus in Monson. I reckon that's... Yeah. yeah. Decent trucker. Good. Of course. And, Cur- and Curtis, what, uh, what, what do you know about Matt? Passes from Milkley. Um, he did a bit with Leeds when he was like when he was younger when he was growing up with that being his local club uh, then he moved to Sale and he's been there since um, he's living in Ultram at the moment with his girlfriend uh, and he's a very good line out option he, can, he, works, he works hard around the park <laughs> carries hard um, let's go with this then so Matt you've basically been here most of your professional career outside yeah. of a bit of Leeds yeah yeah pretty do you, much do you ever look at what Curtis, Curtis has done and you know kind of wish that you had a bit more experience around, di- about, around different clubs and different environments uh, I, guess, I guess there's part of you that's like you, you want to play at different clubs throughout your career a bit but at the same time like for me it's like I've loved being at Sale and like being here for so long it means that I'm comfortable here yeah and it means that there's, there's obviously pressure but there's no there's no like stress of like getting to know lads, learn all the new calls and that when you first come in. It's like if I come into the first team from outside, it's like bang, you're straight in. You know what you're doing. There's no there's no messing about. So from that point of view, it's like it's good. Like get on with all the coaches and that. There's no. It's just up to me to play rugby pretty much. And rugby is the only thing that I have to do. I don't have to do anything outside of that. Learning extra stuff. Yeah. That I don't need to learn because uh, I already know it all. So from that point of view, it's like. It's probably easier just being being at one club for me, I'd say. And how about you, Curtis? Do you kind of like the fact that you've that you've settled down a bit more here? Yeah, definitely. Now, I've, um, well, since I came to Sale, probably after my first season here, first couple of seasons here, um, it's by far been my fa- my favourite club that I've been at. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the way the coaches are with the players. Um, the um, team culture, the way the lads get along—it's uh, it's not like other clubs I've been at. 
Um, Why? What's different? I, th- I think uh, just a, just the way it, it, it sell, ever whether you're the best paid player, the lowest paid player, we're all on the same. Um, mm. We all treat each other the same. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no like. Um, yeah, like I say, like a hierarchy. A hierarchy sort of, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. There's no segregation between the A cab and the first team either. So like, no, so like you hear about other clubs where it's like the the academy trains separate to the first team. Here it's like everyone's out on the same pitch, and even if you're not like not involved in that thirty, you're still out there either watching or you're there doing skills and actions on yeah, the side. There's in. no, and you just swap straight in and out with the first team. Yeah, player. sales a weird place in some ways because it's a smaller squad than most, but I think we probably have more bodies coming in and out of the training ground than almost any other club if you think about all of the academy lads and I mean it's probably one of the biggest academies in the in the entire country yeah definitely that, that wasn't the case either when, when me and, well when I first joined yeah. with POFs um, I think it was only me me him and Connor Diva my age and like you, you say like, see like the Curry's age group Curry's yeah. were the only two from their age group and now you see, like last season, we brought in like five, six players. I think it was and then ten we've got last year after the Corys. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Ten yeah. lads. So yeah, we're definitely more money's getting put into the academy, and I think it's better, especially for like the Jets fixtures as well. Now it's not so much bringing in lots of guest players. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. In parts of the season with injuries, you're gonna have to bring it, like, rely on guests a little bit. But this year, it's been the squad's been mainly contracted players that train itself every day which definitely makes a difference. Yeah, I'll tell you, the other thing which you notice is you come to the end of the season and you think, OK, well, we know who the lads are coming up and then all of a sudden you will open the paper or you'll read a match report and you'll have a load of new names which you've not seen previously. So, like, Gus War burst onto the scene must be, like, 12 months ago now. You've got Rafi Quack beneath him. Uh, James Williams is another guy who, until a few weeks ago, no, no one had heard of, but it looks like he's got an incredibly bright future. The amount of lads that come through here is enormous. Oh, I think that's... As a young player, like that's the best thing about sales. Like, you can go elsewhere as a young player, and you might not be involved, or you won't see the first team squad until you're 23, 24. Whereas at sale, it's like the majority of the lads will have had some sort of first team experience before the 20th birthday, mm. because the size of the squad means that there's going to be a couple of injuries. You're going to get your shot. Yeah. And Dimes here has always been like priding himself on on backing those younger players. And that's what's been like real good about being in this environment. That I I personally thought, well, it's like second row when you're 18. It's like you might not play until you second play. row when you're 18 is like like you, one hell of a call. Like, yeah, it's difficult. You you want to be you obviously want to be playing first team, but in the back of your mind, you know you ain't going to play until you're what 23, like yeah. when you mature. But it's like I look at like Ruben's second row. He made his debut at what 19, 20 last mm-hmm. year, like. You're, you're always going to get your chance, and it's just about taking that opportunity. And the lads that do go on and do real well. I think as well, going on from that though, there's there'll be players that when they do get given their opportunity early, those players that take it, and the teams that do that do like reap the rewards from doing that. Yeah. Like you look at the England team's just been named now. Like there's boys, there's boys in that team now that are that are young. Yeah, those yeah. Saints. There may be there be other there be other sorry boss there be other players at other clubs that maybe still haven't been got given their opportunity yet. It's almost like, yeah. like a fear, isn't it, to trust lads mm. who aren't who aren't names or um, yeah. who uh, who aren't proven yet. You've just said it there, Matt, like Furbank over at Northampton. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like obviously you take that risk, and it's sometimes it might not pay off, but at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. And if you do take that chance, you get someone like Furbank. You've got you've got. A, Cracking fullback there for 
for seasons to come. It's like have you seen this lad being named England squad for Newcastle? Hodge. Yeah, ni- yeah, like nineteen or something in the championship. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. I think he had an impressive twenties um, World Cup. Speaking to some of the lads. Yeah. And he's, he's an apprentice, isn't he? I think. So. Well, I'm not, I'm not entirely too sure. I just know that he's there, and it's impressive. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think that's what Eddie's trying to do now. I think the last couple last couple of seasons he has named these apprentices in the side to try and develop them, get them in and around the squad, give them mm. a taste. So then, hopefully, if they it gives them it shows them where they want where they need to get to. Yeah, I'm a little bit undecided on that actually. Just on a more broader point here. Which is like, I'm not sure if the England team should have apprentices, or should it just be like the best guys you can possibly pick today? I think it is the best. I think it is. You've got the, like these two. Like when you see the team named, it's apprentices at the bottom. It's kind of like that's our best squad, and we've got these two that have been going well. They're young lads. We want to show them what's like. In camp. I think like the reasoning for it is that obviously say in a few years' time, if they do get called up, it's not new to them, mm. and there's not that shock of you're in an England camp like, and you panic stations when you get there. And to me, it makes sense to do it because then it's like boys can come in at an early age and then and still feel comfortable in that environment. Yeah. I, if you're comfortable, you're going to perform better. I, I, I guess if you're using fullbacks and fullbacks and flyhalves and whatnot, it's not too much of a big deal. There is more of a chance of them making it if they're good at 19 than say bringing up a 19-year-old prop or hooker or second row. You don't yeah. know how, how they're going to work. No, out. I should definitely do that. Do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Fine, I'll take that. So, twenty-two year old hooker, twenty-three year old lock. <laughs> They're ready. So, you guys, I mean, you've been here four years. Might you've been here probably longer than that, actually. Uh, signed five years, and then I was in the under 18s for a year and a bit as well. So, you, sorry, you've signed four, five, not a, a straight five-year stretch. No, no, no. Signed separate contracts, but been here for five years. Yeah. Uh, so that is really. Was that? That's pretty much, if not before, it was certainly at the start of the whole uh, revolution led by Simon, by, by Simon and Jed. Oh, you coming in, John? No. Uh, no, you're in there. How things changed? Um, yeah, definitely. Like, as as owners, Simon and Jed are a lot more hands-on than the owners when I was first. I think it was my first year. Yeah. Uh, is it Brian Bra- McDermott? Is that right? No, no Brian McDermott was rugby league player. Oh, yeah. Brian McDermott was the hard guy. Was Rhinos, on, wasn't he? Am I thinking Barry McDermott? No, no, Brian McDermott was. Oh, hang on. You know, because there was, there was two of them, wasn't there? There was uh, Kennedy. Brian Kennedy, Brian, that's it. Brian, Brian Kennedy. Kennedy. But there was, you're all right, there's a second guy who was into mining, and I've always wanted to interview him, but um, yeah, no one really spoke about him. So yeah, it was Brian Kennedy. Brian Kennedy, that's the one. Um, yeah, I, w- I guess I was only in my first year, but I didn't really see, see an awful lot of him, whereas. These days, size always. I, was, I wasn't in the first team then, but size always in the changing rooms after a game is always involved. Comes into meetings and stuff. Has good crack with the lads and that. Um, like when we went away to the France, yeah, he was out on the social. Mate, he could, <laughs> could crack in that. But uh, in terms of the well, financial backing as well, you can see from from the players who have come in in recent years. Obviously, putting there's a lot more money coming into the club, and yeah. that's there's obviously a direction that we want it rather than it being. The priority is staying up in the Premiership. The priority is now is to be top four and win it within the next few years. Mm. And it's like for us, like, like coming into that first team now, it's like that's the direction every rugby player wants to go. You want to be in a winning team, so it's exciting for us to be involved in that. Um, I think that means for the academy lads as well. It makes makes you train harder, makes you play harder because everybody wants to be in that winning team. Yeah, be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're a young scrum, uh, a young scrum half, for example, I mean. Uh, 
it must be pretty cool to be able to train with Fafa. And I just see the standard. I don't think a lot. I don't think a people a lot. Sorry, don't <coughs> many people know what good looks like until you actually see it. I mean, you can imagine it. You can be told what it is, but until you actually see what you know something really good is, yeah. it's hard to quantify. Yeah, it's well, it's a similar thing. Like, I got a bit of stick from my mates when they had, when they found out that Lude's coming, but like, I'm still only 23. Yeah, and it's like Lude's a World Cup winning second row. It's like I'm, you, I learned far more off him than I would had he not been here, and I'll be a better player. player exactly. in Even the if he just like, sets a standard, sets standard. Okay, well, that's standard that I need to be now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like in a couple of years' time, I will be a far better player having had him here, mm. just because you learn so much off players like that. Well, tell me this then. Um, if I'm, unless I'm horribly wrong, and I'm not usually wrong, both both you started this weekend. Yeah. Tough old game. I had the mis- misfortune of watching it on TV. Yeah. Um, now, although it was the wrong sort of score, it must still be quite exciting for both you guys because you know you're starting together. And even though we weren't looking like we we're going to qualify from Europe, it's still a big game. It's still a big game, and there's still quite a lot, quite a lot of lessons to, to learn from it. No, yeah, it was a big game at the weekend. Um, uh, sorry, just to put some colour on that, in case you listen to this three months later, this is the Glasgow game, so yeah. sale, sale Glasgow. Yeah, uh, it was a big game at the weekend. Um, obviously, when we went when we went to their place, um, that was a tough physical game, low-scoring game as well. Um, I think we definitely wanted to uh, get one back on them the weekend, just gone against Glasgow at home. Um, things didn't go our way. Uh uh, we tried. To, we tried to um, go at them and get points on the board. They're obviously trying to do the same. The ball was getting chucked about. It was a bit messy, especially at the start of the game. Mm. And I think there's parts of the game when we were, we were on top of them. We were camped on that on that line yeah. for a while. I was getting penalties, kicking to the corner, setting up a driving more. And um, fair play to them. Their defence held strong. And um, especially at the start, I think they capitalised on a few of our Mr. mistakes. Mr. Briggs. Recorded. We are recording yeah. here. We've just been talked by Neil Briggs. How do you? You right, mate? I'll have to edit that out now. <laughs> Joking. Uh, we're just having a, li- a little chat about their careers. <laughs> 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 it's joke. It's uh, a joke. Uh, <laughs> fine, fine, exactly. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about lessons learned from the Glasgow game. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah, they, I mean, we were both throwing it around quite a lot. It's just I just felt like we didn't have the right sort of execution when, um, when we needed it, particularly close in. And maybe that's just an experience thing. Yeah, to be fair, like you look at the squad they had, their, their pack was full of internationals, like practically half the Scotland squad there, and we had a load of young English lads running out. Yeah. So for for all of us young lads, it's a great experience, and yeah, it might. It's a tough scoreline to take, but we've also learnt a hell of a lot from it, and it's a great experience to have as a young lad, and it makes you want to play harder in those future games, and you know how to tackle those sort of those hard situations that you've been when you're under the sticks, mm. and you know how to like look around at the boys and how to how to retaliate and go back at them, and what you do to solve those those issues. Yeah, you had a bit of a dust up, did, did you not, Matt? Uh, it's just a bit of handbags, mate. It's just cheating, isn't it? A line out's putting wrong numbers in. So was it really? Yeah. What are they doing? Well, it's like we call five and they're putting six in, so you make the ref ref it. And if they don't? Well, if the ref doesn't ref it, you get ref it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you noticed that there's quite a lot uh, recently of people doing the whole throwing scrum half at the front of the line out and then calling a six or then calling. Yeah, so we call it. 
Uh, oh shit! Sorry, I'm gonna send it. Oh, that's good. So I've already, I've already called you. Yeah, all right. Sorry. <laughs> so you can do a bit of editing now, Jack. Yeah, I can that's put in two right. little bleeps. <laughs> yeah, well, well, just give our calls away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we call it leads. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just means that we can have a plus one in there. So, we, and then also the nine can get involved off the back of the mall or whatever you're going to play off it. Mm. Um, some people are questioning it like what's the point in doing it um, but it just means obviously you can't have two nines but you can still have the nine at the front line out and then have the plus one into them all yeah. another way of getting around that um, so for you guys now I mean you are both players that don't necessarily start every week but you do start a fair amount of games or you're certainly involved, involved in, in some way how, how do you aim to make an impact um, yeah I think at the moment me and Poss not starting every week but um, it's what, it's where we want to be we want to be starting every week so for me and Poss when we do get our opportunities and when we do get a chance to play or to mm-hmm. start it's just making the most of every involvement we get Yeah, and um, taking that opportunity so then we can get to that point where we want to be where we are starting every week it does feel like particularly for yourself Curtis you've, you've been given a, a great opportunity because there's multiple ways of playing playing hookers and we've got multiple type, type of hooker here but you seem to be very very good at coming off the bench and making a, f- a fairly large impact yeah I think when you're coming off the bench um, whether you get 20 minutes 30 minutes or even 10 minutes um, it's kind of just bringing energy to the game trying to trying to up the uh, speed um, and getting involved really uh, you're playing against tired bodies so be, there is opportunities around the park and it's just trying to make the most of that yeah I mean you certainly seem to have a, fa- a, a fairly high work rate yeah yeah I think so yeah, I'd like, like to think so I'll take <laughs> it I'll take it so uh, just tell me a little bit about how I ended up at Sail Sharks and because we've just gone over you've been at London Irish you've been at Bath You've been yeah. in Newcastle. I mean, it's a, a fairly well, a fairly well-travelled road. Yeah. So, as Paul said, from Western Supermare. So, um, I grew up there with my family. Uh, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I played Somerset County, and then went on to play some representative stuff for Bath under fifteens. Um, then, when I when I finished school, I moved up, had the opportunity to move up to London um, and do what was called the A scheme. So, like Myerscope College, mm-hmm. but, uh, London Irish. Um, and I was part of what was called the goal group, like the under-18s. I did that for two years and then was given a contract. Uh, played England under-18s, played a year of under- England under-20s, whilst I was at Irish as well. And then at the end of that season, I went for pre-season, I was up at Newcastle training there. And then I had a phone call from Dimes, came down, met him here and... Signed so a why, deal then. Why was it... I mean, I, I mean, seeing how you're playing now, I can't imagine why... London Irish wouldn't have you know, done everything that they could to keep hold of you. Um, what's the you know what what was the reasoning for letting you go? Um, the reason was that. Uh- if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, it was a tough year that year at London Irish. I didn't get a chance to play. It was, yeah. the, um, it was the World Cup year, so there was no LV Cup. Um, there was, I think there was three... Maybe four hookers. It was Tom Tom Cruise, who's at Wasps now. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Gerard Ellis, who's, I don't know where he is now. Uh, Jimmy Stevens and David Pace. So there's quite a lot of hookers. I didn't get much game time. Found a bit of game time in the back row and time on loan in National One. Um, and then my under 20 stuff. You like a Cam Neal that can throw? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> did, did, anyway, I did that stuff. I like that one as well. <laughs> I did that stuff and then um, came came to came to the end of the year. Uh, had my contract meeting. Um, was fairly confident, as you said. I thought I was playing well that year. Um, there was a year I just got relegated. They said their budgets had been cut for the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't see me playing the following season because of the amount of hookers they had. So um, yeah, I was looking for another club. It's a staggering decision. Mm. Oh well. Oh, I'm happy where I am now. Yeah, so I, game, I, I believe game. in everything happened for a reason. So, uh, it's good. Briggsy, let's just bring you in a, uh, a second here because you know, you're loitering in the corner. Why don't you give us a quick assessment of um, Curtis, Curtis's game so far? All right. Just, just come closer. Just come closer. <laughs> Speak up. He's done all right. Okay. What do you look for? Because obviously you've got an integral part at Sail Sharks now, and you are involved with uh, the academy and then the development of the talent. Yeah, no, we look for we look for lads that can step in and raise the intensity of, of the lads that are already playing. And Curtis oh, and, and Poss has done very really, really well of, of biding their time. And sometimes it's within the academy it's it's not it's about working away and not giving reasons not to pick you, if that makes yeah. sense. Because naturally when you're coming through the academy you're you're down near the bottom of a pecking order mm-hmm. and when things happen as long as you keep performing and keep working hard and trying to bring that intensity through training so the first team coaches can see you sometimes it's about waiting for your opportunity how and that comes through injury or people how do you get noticed in training what would be your advice to some of now how do you stand out in, in the mind of the coaches uh, it could be skill mm-hmm. it could be effort it could be aggression Matt's gesturing now. I'm suggesting that the gesture was because you might agree with the with the aggression side, Matt. Yeah, I mean it's like a big part of rugby, isn't it? Like mm. your physicality and your dominance. Say you're doing like uh, malls in forwards units, and, and you're going through and messing up a first team line out, 
as a young lad. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's like you're doing something right, aren't you? And it's like a, a big tick under your name. Mm. Or say like you're in Curtis's position and as a young hooker you were throwing better. You were hitting the non-23 line out better than the first team hooker is throwing theirs. Well, Again, that stands out and the coaches are out there watching. They see it. It gets noticed. What is the attitude here to that kind of behaviour? I don't mean that in, um, in a negative sense. Well, actually, I could do because you know, I've trained at various clubs and when the first team are training, sometimes you're expected just to stand there and be reasonable opposition. Uh, is that is that quite widely accepted here? If you if you decide to really compete, are they going to tell you to calm down or just let the boys get on with what they're doing? I think a great example would be the Currys when they came out when they came out of college. Yeah, um, first year out of college, and they were just you talk about physicality and aggression in training. Um, bringing that physicality shows that you're ready. You're ready to play at this level. Being physical um, in training with Premiership players. There's no reason why you can't be physical playing in the Premiership at the weekend, and that's what the Curries are like. Every training session, they were getting over the ball. No one could move them. They were just going around noise and everything, putting in shots, um, carrying hard. And I think I think as a young player, that, that's what you need to bring to training. You need to show that you're physically ready, and you need to show how much how much you want to play. And yeah, one of the really interesting one of the really interesting things that I saw maybe 12 months ago now when I was watching Sale Train was the first team scrummaging and then the academy lads would come in and I don't know how much harder they were pushing or whatnot, but the big difference was just the intensity, just the noise and I kind of wondered, I wonder if when you were younger you're just not maybe confident enough to just raise, just raise your voice a bit, talk a bit let everyone else know that, know that you know what you're doing I think, I, I, I think this environment breeds the confidence within the young lads mm. I think it brings it out and in terms of the way that the young lads act and, and can be aggressive and can challenge, you have to, it all has to be kept in contact. In context, you can't just go out and try and smash people and disrupt the session. Yeah, our job is to challenge the squad. So, and, and part of that challenging the squad is making sure that you put your hand up and you're in contention for selection every time as well. So that's what we talk about. We talk about. Let's be challenging every time we go out on the, check, on the training pitch. So if you're not in the team, you're challenging the people mm. in your position, which is ultimately going to make them better. I think it makes the whole environment. Like as a, as like a player, you know when you can and can't. Like we know what like if it's a team run on like Thursday or Friday, you're not yeah. going to start swinging, are you? You're not going to try to put shots in. But say it's like we've got an afternoon session Tuesday, and there's a bit of contact in there. That's when you take your opportunity. Or forwards units on, a, on a, again on a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning when you know it's going to be a bit alive. That's when you take like it's only going to be ten fifteen minutes. Yeah. but That's when you go for it, and that's when you put your like your stamp down and you show them what you're about. There's just a time and a place for it. Now I'm going to pull back the curtain a tiny bit here, but um, I've, I've, I've sort of seen what Briggsy's been up to. Transition of getting lads from the academy into the first team. Obviously, you guys are first teamers now. Do you sit down with your coaches and do you have like a plan of where you want to be in two years, three years, five years? And do you always agree with those plans? Do you, do you think they're too ambitious? Do you think that not that they're not ambitious enough? Um, yeah, we do. We have we have meetings. They're called um, IDPs. I've been joined joined by another. Come on, what's that? Get in, Jimmy. Hi. Crikey. So we've now got young superstar James Williams. Oh god, superstar. How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, we didn't think that you'd be joining us. Yeah, I heard I uh someone told Sam I went home, but 
Oh. I don't know if she's playing ping pong. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, you've always um, cracked on with that. No question, just regarding your oh, yeah, development and whatnot. Yeah, so we have, we call them IDP meetings. Um, so individual individual development plan, I think IDP stands for. So we sit down with, let's say, uh, Briggsy and other academy coaches or Pete Anglesey might come in if you're a forward or Westy might come mm. in. And, um, yeah, we make short-term and long-term goals. Um, try and make them, obviously, agree, we all have to agree on that they're achievable. Um, and we put together a plan to achieve them goals throughout the season. Now, do you think your goals are achievable, or do you think they've they've, they've undersold you, oversold you? Um, I think that, I think they're always achievable. Yeah, they have to be, and um, but obviously you want to push yourself as well. Mm. So, yeah. So I might have it. Might be a goal that might not might not seem achievable, but yeah, it is achievable. It just might take a bit longer than, than one of my short term goals. And how are you, Poss? In terms of what goals? Yeah, as in, you know, feel the goals that, you, that you've been set up um, are achievable or they're not achievable. In fact, maybe they've been set too low. Yeah, I mean, it's short and long term. Like, you've got to be ambitious as a young player, haven't you? You've got mm. to, like, strive to be the best. And, like, in terms of short term, there's definitely, like, things you can work on from week to week and we do in training. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, say the breakdown maybe wasn't as good one week, you'll focus on that. And you know, after you've gone through your game with the coach, that that'll be like a focus on in your extras for that week and then mm-hmm. you'll take that into the game next week um, with long term goals yeah, yeah some might say they're not achievable but like say say like oh, I want to play for England in three years yeah. it's almost like if you don't want to play for England what then what are you doing, what, yeah. what are you doing here exactly. it's, it's one of those things there's a saying you know where, which is and I kind of don't, don't know if I buy into it or, or not but if you've got a goal you should tell everyone because once you tell everyone you're then accountable to everyone I think Posse just said it as a, as a young rugby player, your long-term goal is always going to be to play play for England, play for the Lions, and play at the top of, top of top level of the sport. Um, and then you have your short-term goals of improving as a player to reach that to reach that end goal of mm. playing at the highest level. Mm. Now I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna bring in Mr. Williams. By the way, congratulations! Uh, you've had a great. I was going two weeks, but it's actually is it, is it not three starts now? No, I took just two. You've had Glasgow, you were starting at La Rochelle. Yeah, so I started La Rochelle and Glasgow. So it was two. So the last two weeks. I, re- I look at the team sheets most weeks. Um, you appeared out of nowhere. How are you finding things? Yeah, good. I really, really enjoying it. Um, I think initially when I came in, sort of people keep saying sort of under, under the radar. Mm. So I think sort of pressure-wise, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting too much this year, maybe. Um, so I think it's been nice to have have been given an opportunity to start. Yeah, I think when you come off the bench, maybe it's a bit harder because you're, you know, you're so keen to make an impact that mm. maybe you're not, you don't sort of settle into the game. Whereas when you start, you can sort of just build, build through the, throughout the game. So La Rochelle, I really enjoyed it. Just the whole, you know, the whole occasion playing in France. Never played abroad before. Um, big crowd. You, mean, is that the biggest crowd that you've that you played in front of? Yeah, probably. Um, so I remember there was, there was a scrum down in like the bottom left hand corner. It was it was our ball as well, and the crowd was so loud. And I, Sam James, I was just like, I was like, this is a bit mental. I couldn't <laughs> hear what anyone was saying. Um, and then last week, I think was probably the biggest learning learning curve out of both weekends. Well, we just spoke about the Glasgow game, but do you yeah. want to just add a bit of colour? Uh, a bit of colour to it, and like how find the game. Why do you think it, there was such a, a difference between the two sides? I think. 
Well, they obviously had everything to play for. I think the first, you know, five minutes, I think they scored straight away. They could have taken points and they kicked to the corner. So I think they always wanted to get five points because that's mm. the point coming down if they didn't. Yeah. And then I think for us, maybe, I think we like we did train well during the week. I think maybe just in, in experience, maybe there's a bit of sort of... A lot of new combinations, to be yeah. fair. And I think we sort of like maybe expected to play well when at that level it doesn't like just happen like, I was speaking to Johnny Vioti yesterday yeah. and he was saying sort of, now we know what it takes to perform like just have a good game it takes quite a, like, quite a lot out of you just to uh, you know yeah, because I don't it, know how to explain it but no no yeah. it, well I mean it, it wasn't just it wasn't just you with it in your first few starts you also had to, uh, Tom Curtis I know Tom's co- yeah. uh, come off the bench but you know it, it, is, it is a difficult ask yeah yeah but I think I think we should have definitely played better so, but pack wise you could argue that could be a starting pack in the Premiership. Hundred um, percent. But then I just think the way they they just physically dominated us. I think like when we had the ball, it felt like we we're on the back foot. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those games. Like I'll, you know, that sort of ten games worth of experience for me in that. Even though we got pumped, like it's just one of those. So obviously you've got to go through that. Watching you play, uh, admittedly, I've only got sample size of two games, but um, impressive stuff. Nice feet, can kick, so uh, you know, very, very valuable for fantasy rugby. Um, <laughs> how do you go about bringing your skill set and then uh, impressing that um, into the team? When actually, you know, I, mean, I guess when you play, you'll be replacing um, uh, Rohan, mm. who in some ways is completely. Unreplaceable. Yeah. How do you go about trying to model that game to suit what you do rather than suit what he does? Um, that's a good question. I think I think it's important not to try and do what Ruan does because yeah. he's so effective at because he's a big boy and that's his game is to you know carry hard and then sort of he can distribute as well. But whereas for me, I think I could bring the distribution side of things as well as sort of being able to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sorry, just go yeah. So I yeah, think go just not trying to go away from what I'm good at. If yeah. That makes sense. So um, so and if that works, it works. Yeah. Now, not to put you on the spot, and this isn't a trick question in any way. But you know, if you were going to describe you know the kind of play you are, what you are good at, mm. um, how uh, what would you say? I would say I would say I'm a. Stereotypically, it'd be a, like a ball playing twelve, mm. but then I like the contact side of things, so I would, like, I'm not scared to just try and just chuck it up the middle as well. Um, so I think maybe at the start of the year, I would have said I was sort of a, a twelve that can play ten, so that sort of you know forward Farrell kind, yeah. kind of twelve. But now with these two games, I think like I wasn't expecting to be able to like, get over the game line. Really? Against like big lads, uh-huh. so I just like just get smashed like ninety three kilos against one hundred twenty like you know. Thought I'd just get get banged. Do you, you ever feel like that when you first started making your senior debuts? That you know maybe the physicality is just going to get a little bit too much. I think not. Not now. Not now. I'm not like that. I say. My first few adult games out of under 18s rugby, back when I was at London Irish, I remember playing in the 18s league, being able to run it straight and go through boys and make line breaks easy. Yeah. And then my first, my first national one game, trying to do that, at a big lock who's 30 years of age, and getting drove back about 10 metres. I think that was probably one learning curve, and then you figure out other ways. Like James said, 
might not be real heavy, but he's got really good late footwork, yeah. which allows him to get over the gain line. So working on stuff like that, and then just fighting contact as well, uh, leg drive. Boss. Um, no, I wouldn't say it was surprised at all. It was like before I made my first team debut. It's like played plenty of senior rugby at Sale FC. It's like you played against big lads before, and they're just as heavy and they can run just yeah. as hard. So for me, it was the physicality isn't it wasn't as much a step up. It was more just the pace. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, there wasn't really like a fear of getting absolutely whacked by big lads. Yeah, I guess so because all three of you played championship rugby. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or, or senior rugby elsewhere. And there's other lads here who are you know make big names. They've played no senior rugby whatsoever. They've just come straight straight to sale. Maybe even say for, as a as a forward, championship rugby's pretty physical. There's some big there's some big old boys yeah. there, and it's a lot slower, and it is a lot of just lads tucking up the jumper, running straight. So it's pretty physical in the championship. Um, but like Paul said, when you come up, when you start playing in the Premiership, it's definitely quicker. Uh, skill skill sets a lot higher. Um, you have big boys like you do in the Championship, but they can also throw a pass out the back and yeah. can also step off both feet. So it's definitely a step up. Well, I'll end, I'll end with this question. We'll go around clockwise. I'll end clockwise, I don't mind. Um, you, where do you think that this team will end up by the, by the end of the season? Give me, give me some bold predictions. I honestly reckon top four. Top I'm not just I know everyone says it. What makes you think top 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 four? What is, what is I just think. Four? I think the squad that we like definitely the pack. What <coughs> sorry? What's who Sale have recruited this year forward wise? Because rugby is a forward dominated game, mm-hmm. basically, like we saw last weekend. So I think once everyone's slotting in, and when we play well, like against Northampton, we absolutely dominated them, and they're what they third, second, third, whatever it is. Yeah. So I think. As long as we're just consistent, I think we can beat any team any weekend. And with Saracen sort of out the equation, I don't see why, you know, I don't know who else is better than us. So, Poss? 100%, yeah. I'd say as a team, we're going to be disappointed if we're not in the playoffs. Like, there's a lot of belief within the team, and that's where we want to go, and that's where we will go. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't make top four. Mm. That's where we're going to go. Because, yeah. I mean, I guess you better say top four, though. Yeah, I was going to say top four. Definitely top four. I think, just to repeat what Jimmy said as well, I think on our day, um, we can beat any, any side in the comp, so it's just getting that consistency. Uh, we make the top four and then anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, so, well, Briggsy's popped in here to tell me some secret information about the Saracens camp, which uh, yeah. only, only he knows. So, um, <laughs> Matt, James, Curtis, thank you very much and Cheers. good luck thank to the rest of the season. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Enjoy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.